Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey guys, what's up? How are you today? I pray that all is well and that this message stirs your faith, falls on good ground, produces good fruit in your lives. I also pray that um, you are having an amazing summer wherever you are. I, I pray that the Holy Spirit is just embodying your heart right now and doing a heart transplant, doing heart surgery mending and fixing and patching up any areas of your heart that needs to be pruned that needs to be purified that needs healing i also pray that this message um that you receive it wholeheartedly in the way that god intended it and that you allow the holy spirit to do the work that needs to be done in your life, not just in your heart, but to transform your mind as well. Change the way you think. I pray that whatever is going through your mind right now, whatever you are dealing with or experiencing, that the Holy Spirit will just come and take away that care and concern. But it's only when you allow it to be, when you release your grip, from holding on to the problem and you give it up to God and trust that he's already have an answer. He's already provided a way out of no way. He's already mended it, made it work, fixed it, rearranged it, uh, whatever it is, release it to God in this moment. And I pray that each and every day you will take time to check in with yourself, to see how the little girl or boy inside of you is doing, to tend to your needs for you what makes you happy what makes you sad what makes you feel joyful what what areas of your heart are you neglecting i pray that god will open up your mind your eyes your ears to hear and receive what the holy spirit wants to do in your life how he wants to grow you and stretch you how he wants to help you dive deeper into who he is who he's called you to be what your assignment is in the earth help you fulfill and find your purpose in the name of jesus this i pray in jesus name amen i know guys you're probably like wait a minute did i miss something because normally she start with getting into it and giving us a little story and nah switching up the sign for y'all because i just kind of felt led to just start with prayer you know and if it wasn't meant for you you feel like you didn't need that prayer well baby i need to pray okay give me all the prayer baby i will take it gleefully thank you jesus for prayer because i know how much uh, your life can change and how much prayer actually works we just have to apply god's word a lot of times i hear people say like oh prayer doesn't work or i'm not really trying to hear that right now or um they you know they don't believe that god still works miracles um you know i hear people even say does god still speak today yes he does but it's up to us to tune our ears to hear unlike the world unlike satan unlike our thinking thinking 
God is a gentleman and he doesn't yell. And it doesn't mean that um, his, his fury isn't wrathful. No. It just means that when he chooses to speak to his children, he speaks in a gentle voice, not a yelling, screaming, nagging voice. That's not God. And so if you think about when you're in a room, a crowded room where everybody is talking, you really can't hear that small pin drop. You really can't hear um, that mouse scurry across the floor. And I don't mean that literally like nobody wants to see a mouse scurry across the floor, but that's what I'm thinking of. Like you, you really can't hear the, the nail marks of the mouse scurrying across the hardwood floor when you're in a crowded room because the mouse's squeak and noise is so low that you only hear it when everybody's silent. You only hear it when your environment is quiet enough for you to hear it. And that's similar to how God speaks. He speaks in a still soft voice, the Bible says in um in first Kings, I believe it's 17 or 19, when Elijah encounters God's voice and God, you know, lets him know how he speaks to us. He speaks in a still small voice. And so it is up to us to hear. It's up to us to see and recognize the miracles that God does in our life. He does them every single day. The, the fact that you woke up this morning to hear this message is a miracle. Because God didn't uh, didn't allow some people to wake up this morning. Some people are now getting prepared to be put in the grave or to be cremated, but they they're long gone. You may not even know who they are yet. Some of you um, may be aware. Maybe you did get the call this morning or found somebody dead in their sleep or found an animal dead and they didn't wake up because it was their time to go. But but you. You hearing this, God allowed you whatever day or time you listen to this to be alive. That's a miracle. That's a gift from God. You can't wake your own self. You can't make yourself breathe. You can't make yourself function. You think you can, but you really can't. It's all a blessing from God. And so know that he still speaks. Know that prayer still works. Know that it's up to you to apply the principles in the Bible. Even when, you know, I've, I've heard somebody very recently, a famous person on TV talk about how they were struggling through um, a health crisis. And they were like, you know, oh, everybody says, you know, I'll pray for you. He's like, but I didn't really, really want to hear you'll pray for me in that moment. Um, like, that's not what you're trying to hear when you're going through something. And I thought that was so sad. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe I heard that person say that. I had to like replay it almost. Like, did he just say what I think he just said? Yes, he did. He really did just utter out his mouth that he doesn't want to hear somebody saying they'll pray for you while he's done with a health crisis. Baby, do you know that's the only way while and the only way how and reason why you made it? The reason why you didn't die in that health crisis? Is because people prayed for you and you have the audacity to utter out of your mouth because you are so ingrained into culture. You're so woke into this world that you utter out of your mouth that you're not trying to hear somebody say they pray for you. 
baby, that's the only reason why you are here. And I know some of you may say, like, girl, that person ain't listening. Why are you talking to them like they're listening? Because there's somebody out there. It may not be you, but there's somebody out there that had just said that same thing in their life. They're going through something and they're saying, I don't want anybody to say they're praying for me. This is me saying to you as well. Baby, do you realize it's the only reason why you are still here? I get it. Everything in your life may not be perfect. It may not be the way you want it to be. It may not look like how you wanted to turn out. But do you know the only reason why you still woke up this morning, even when you felt like you didn't want to wake up this morning, is because God said, I still have a plan for your life. And there's still prayers that need to be answered. Whether it's somebody praying for you right now at this very moment, or they released a prayer for you yesterday, last night, a week ago, years ago. Some of us are living off of prayers that our great and great, great grandparents prayed. Hello, somebody. And it's because God said in Isaiah 55, verse 11, my word will not return to me void. And so when we pray, when our family members prayed for us, his, his prayer, his promises are yes and amen. So that means that when we pray a prayer that is a sign to God's promise over our life to care for us, to protect us, to keep us from harm. That means that God's word won't return to him void. So when a prayer is released, it's a yes from God already and an amen from us. So he says, I can't even take that back. You, you can't send that check back to me, baby. Uh-uh, it ain't going to bounce. There's no return to sender because I've already said yes to the prayer being released. So whether we see it today, tomorrow, next year, or five years from now, God said it still will not return. A day that the Bible talks about, and we're going to get into that scripture in a minute, but a day for God is like a thousand years for us. And a thousand years for us is a day for God. And so you have to understand that when God is... um is doing something in your life it may not look like it which is why some people say out of their mouths like i don't want to hear somebody say they pray for me i actually you know what look at god i used to um think that way not all the time but i remember when i was first going through the beginning of my joe wilderness season and i um and and i had a moment where i thought that way where my godparents were telling me that they were praying for me and I kind of had an outburst and I thank God that they were a safe they were safe people to have that outburst with because I was just like I don't want to hear that like I felt like at that time your prayer isn't working for me because my situation isn't perfect my situation hasn't immediately turned around see a lot of times we think that God's a genie and so when you release a prayer you expect that okay just like a genie on aladdin soon as you release it bing bam boom it's here and god's like baby i'm not a genie i don't work that way not to mention god doesn't want us he he's not patient for patient's sake as it says in second peter he's patient for our sake because he doesn't want any of us to fail he doesn't want any of us to um to drop the ball with the blessing how many of you know out there some of the things you're praying for you haven't prepared for? If you really be honest with yourself. And and I thank God because I've taken my own deep dive 
into um, my faith, which is how I got to the point of recognizing how prayers work. Because like I said, I used to, you know, at one point in my life had that mentality of like, I don't want to hear your prayer. Because I was just so hurt and so broken. And, you know, I, I didn't get the genie experience of like it immediately turned around for me. But it eventually did turn around for me. Which is why I'm here to now like James, as it says in the book of James chapter 1, count it all joy. Because I recognize that God was not being patient with me or taking me through a process because he wanted to see me suffer. No, that's not how God works. He allows you to go through a test to either... Uh, it's all to purify you, but it's either to discipline you or um, to get your attention, which some people may say is a punishment. God really doesn't want to punish you. He wants to love on you. But sometimes it takes the discipline to get your attention, to get you to fall into line and to recognize who he is, that you are his child and that he has a purpose for your life. A lot of times we are out here living our life according to the way culture says is okay, but it's not okay with kingdom. God says that's not okay with me. And so he takes us through a process where we're then meant to, because some people don't, but we are meant to dive deeper into our faith. We're meant to dive deeper into the understanding, the revelation of who God is for ourselves. We're meant to dive deeper and to find out what our purpose is in life. I heard um, a message recently by Dr. Miles Monroe, who has passed away. Um, and people you know, speculate online. I'm not sure. I wasn't there at the time he released it. But saying that this was like his last message before he passed away. And he talked about how the richest place in the world is a graveyard. And I thought that was so profound and uh, interesting for him to say that. But he went on to explain why the most richest place is a graveyard. He said because it's full of people who never manifested their purpose. It's full of people who um, were meant to dive deeper with God and never did. It's full of people who were supposed to be rich with faith. And it never manifested full of people who were supposed to write a book and they never did it, who were supposed to um, write a screenplay or a song and they never wrote it, who were supposed to create an invention and they never did it, who were supposed to uh, build a building and they didn't, who was supposed to become the best judge or lawyer or doctor and they never manifested their purpose because of whatever reason. Whatever reason they came up with, they never manifested it. Therefore, they never saw the richness, the blessings of God, the exceedingly abundantly blessing. Not to say they weren't blessed in their life, no. But there's a level that God talks about exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. But the rest of that scripture in Ephesians says it's according to the power that works in you, works in us. But if you don't manifest that power, if you don't tap into that power, if you don't dive deeper into that power, which is the Holy Spirit, so that you can manifest everything that is your purpose that God has predestined you for, then you die full instead of empty. I want to be a person that 
my last dying breath, I will be able to say, thank you, God, that I can die empty because I poured out everything you poured into me. I gave abundantly. I did things exceedingly more than I could ever ask or think. I conquered so much that I never thought possible. I left a legacy, not just children. Mm. There are some people I had a conversation with somebody else recently and I was very intrigued. It was actually a few people and I was very intrigued how their mindset was their legacy was just their children and that's it. They had a lot of kids. And so that was their their notch on their belt, their their pat on the back. And even though the Bible does talk about how, you know, God gives blessings like arrows, um, you know, to uh, of of children like bow and arrows, you know, he you know he gives multitude of blessings. Um, but and I kind of paraphrase that scripture. Um, but God doesn't want you to just birth a lot of kids because yes, that's part of multiplying the the first purpose uh the first um call that god gave all of us back in genesis uh chapter one and chapter two was to be fruitful and multiply but many people miss that part of fruitfulness so you got the multiplication down done you, you got your kids you've birthed a lot of kids and that's great but you weren't fruitful why weren't you fruitful and I don't mean fruitful in the way society says. Society says fruitful is how much money you got in the bank, how many um, properties and homes you own. It's basically about stuff, how much stuff you've done. Fruitfulness is not just about the things that you own. It is about territory. That's, that, that is one thing of it. But it's also about the value you brought to the table. Were you fruitful in not only just your life, but in other people's lives? Did you steward well what God gave you or did you hoard it all for yourself? Again, I know today's message is kind of going a little bit wonky in terms of the way you used to me coming on here and talking to you. But I am flowing right now in the way the Holy Spirit wants me to flow. And just just get with it, y'all. <laughs> just get with it. Um, I do have some scriptures I'm going to get to. But, uh, you know, it today is, is going to talk to you to help you understand where God wants us to be in this in this world. I've heard people say that, um, you know, life is too short and it really is. People think that life is, is long because you see people who lived what we say is a long life. But life is actually short. Eternity is long. But life is short. And so with the short time you have on this earth, what are you doing with it? God wants to see you fulfill purpose with your life. He wants to see you be fruitful with your life, not just multiply. Yes, it's a great thing that people have children. But if you have children and they don't see you, if you have children and and all their experiences with you are bad and negative. If you have children and you didn't pour into them your love, your patience, your kindness, your witness of your story, your understanding, your empathy. You, you didn't pour into them the fruits of the spirit. And, and so you just had children. You just multiplied who you were, which is the dysfunction that you are multiplied by how many kids you have. Because you're pouring that dysfunction that you are into them. 
God does not want you to pour out dysfunction. That's not being fruitful. That's bad fruit. Good fruit is healthy. It nourishes. It replenishes. It restores. This is what God wants us to do as his people. As the church, the body of Christ. Is to pour out onto others good fruit. That people can eat on and chew on and gnaw on. And and that it will nourish them. And, and help build up their body and their muscle tension. Not just their physical muscle, but their spiritual muscle. But what are you pouring into others? Reflects on what's poured into you. How is your heart? Have you really dived deeper into who the Father is? See, a lot of people I notice in the church... As God is preparing me for the next season he's taking me into and, and what that's going to entail and, and who I'm going to be called to be in this next season. I'm noticing more and more and more that there are a lot of people in the church, a lot of people in the world who, um, especially the westernized world, who say, I know Jesus. Yes, I love Jesus. Yes, I serve Jesus. Yes, I worship Jesus. Yes, I know who God is. And and what I'm realizing is, mm -mm, here's a difference. You know of Jesus. You know of God. But you don't know God for yourself. You don't know Jesus for yourself. Because if you did, the worries and cares of this world would not worry you. The worries and cares that you stress about, that you can't even go to sleep about, you have no peace about, wouldn't concern you if you truly knew who Jesus was for yourself. That clapback spirit that you got, that, that tongue that you quick to cuss somebody smooth out, you don't really know Jesus. Because if you knew Jesus for yourself, it will cause you, it will con- the Holy Spirit will convict you to guard your tongue. To be careful with your words. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. It will cause you to be mindful before you speak. That's why the scripture says, be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to get angry. If you truly knew God for yourself, you have seen God show up in your life. You are able. See, this is why it goes back to earlier when I said of people who say they don't want to receive prayer or they don't believe prayer works or they don't believe God still speaks. It's because you know of him. Therefore, you know, you you heard about him before you, you know, about church and you heard about Jesus and you and maybe somebody told you about him and they told you about their faith. But you have never had an encounter This is that part of knowing God for yourself. You've never had an encounter with God for yourself. You never had a relationship and an encounter with Jesus and the Holy Spirit where you have cultivated a deep dive relationship deeper than a Mariana Trench where nothing can shake you. Not this new day and age, what they teaching 
uh, about faith, you know, nobody can shake you to believe that God is the God of everybody. And what I mean by that is people who don't even believe in Jesus, but then say they believe in God. So, yeah, a lot of people got false deities. Absolutely. And so you believe that, oh, well, it's all one God. Every God is the same God. And, 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 and no, it's not. Every God is not the same God. There is one true God. Yes, the God of Israel. But people that are out here, you, you, you see how they dress. You see how they look. You see how they um, cover their hair and this, that, and the other. Um, and you and you say, oh, well, their God is my God, too. I'm sorry. I, I don't worship a God of an elephant. I don't worship a God who denounces the son of Jesus. I don't worship a God that got 5,000 hands. Like, you got to check who your God is. This encounter happens or this revelation happens when you truly are able to identify and know for yourself who God is that's when you really get to see that prayer works I had to go through my Joe wilderness season because it was a time where I got to really encounter the Holy Spirit I got to see Jesus myself and encounter him like I had never encountered him before. I truly got to know who God was for myself. I stopped having the faith that was my, my godparents and my grandparents, my great grandparents and all the people that brought me up and raised me up in church. I, I was no longer leaning on their faith anymore because I had started to develop through that Joe Wilderness season my own faith because I became and, and began to know who he was for myself and who I was in him. Many people are lost in this world. Even a lot of people out there. And it's okay if you're one of them. If you're listening to this message really quickly. And you're feeling a stirring in your heart that feels like she's talking to me. This message is for me. Understand I'm not here to convict you um, or, or rather to condemn you. The Holy Spirit is convicting your heart to say, I'm the, the great I am, God Almighty. He's the one convicting your heart to call you, draw you closer to him. I'm just the vessel releasing the word. I'm just the one he's speaking through. There's no judgment here. Because as I said, we all got to start somewhere. For me, I once was a person at one point in time who felt like, I don't know if this prayer thing worked. Though I still was praying. Though I still receive people's prayers, but I can still admit as a Christian all my life, I can still admit that there was a time in my life as a Christian where I felt like, do this prayer thing really work? Because I'm not seeing the immediate change because I didn't understand that God was not a genie. But that only comes from knowing God for yourself. Because if you don't truly know God for yourself, you don't truly know Jesus for yourself you have never encountered the the move of the Holy Spirit for yourself then you don't know you believe that as soon as somebody release a prayer for you instantly it's going to happen and that's not the way God works sometimes yes I'm not going to say that there aren't times where I've immediately least released a prayer and seen God show up 
in a snap. I've seen that happen. But I've also had times and experiences where even right now where I've released prayers, where my grandparents have released prayers that I know of and and has not manifested yet. But I thank God. And and this is just personal right now. I thank God that he has given me vision. He has given me the the prophetic gift of, of sight where he has shown me in the spirit realm. I've answered this prayer. So walk it out. As if it's, it's as if it's manifested in the earth, because it's just a matter of time, a collision course now that I'm on, because God has already shown me your, your, the prayers were were prayed, and I don't mean that He showed me the prayers that were prayed about me. I mean that there are prayers that I know of that my grandparents have either prayed in front of me, or have said to me that they've prayed for my life. And or my godparents have told me prayers that they prayed for my life. And the Holy Spirit has revealed to me with foresight. Knowledge that it's on its way. You're walking towards this path. Because I already have this for your life. It says in Jeremiah. Which I'm going to get to in in a, in a moment. Uh, the book of Jeremiah. But the particular scripture. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. It says before I formed you. In your mother's womb. I knew you. And I set you apart. Now, of course, for Jeremiah, even myself, it's to be a prophet to the nations. But for all of you out there, God knew you before you were formed and made in your mother's womb. And he set you apart to do a purpose in the earth. It is up to you to make sure that it manifests. And you do that by tapping into the Holy Spirit. You don't do that by just thinking your way through it. You do that by tapping into the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit, the great shepherd, can guide you and help you along the way so that what you manifest in the earth is truly what God wanted you to manifest. Because there's many things that we can do in our own strength and we'll call it God all day long because it seemed good, but it wasn't God. You got to look at who it's benefiting. Who is it glorifying? If it's only glorifying you and your name, it ain't God. I really strongly beg to differ if it's God because my entire Bible shows that anything that God did through anybody's life was to benefit people and glorify God. He does not give us, give us gifts and talents just for ourselves. He gives it to us to benefit others, to draw others closer to him. We're meant to steward what he gives us so that when he says release it, whether whatever that thing is, help that person out, give to that person, show up for that person, do this for that person. You can do it and God gets the glory. That means, for example, if you know, because many people think about finances really quickly. So, OK, let's use the example of finances. If God blessed you with an abundance of finances or even if he didn't bless you with abundance, because people may think, well, my abundance is different than your abundance. If God blessed you with finances, period. You got a bank account. You got money in your bank account. You got money in your pocket. God bless you with finances. Amen. If he blessed you with finances right now. And he says. Go pay for that person's coffee that's in front of you. You know what? Pay for that single mother or that single father. Or you don't even know if they're single. But you see them in the marketplace with wrestling with their children. And God may say pay for their groceries. Why you at the Why you out at dinner tonight? Pay for the next table across from you. Pay for their dinner as well. You don't know why. They probably can afford it. They, they wouldn't be that they couldn't afford it. 
But God wants to see, will you be obedient to what I'm telling you to do? Because this relationship is about you and God. And again, it's about God getting the glory, not yourself. A lot of times God may have you move anonymously where you don't get the glory. But it's to check your heart to see, are you doing it for the right reasons? Can God take you deeper? Or are you just, are you, do, do you really just want surface level faith? You know, a lot of times I'm finding in the church, like I said, as God is leading me on this path that he has me on. And I'm finding that a lot of people in, in the church, a lot of people who call themselves Christians, who believe in Jesus, who believe in Yeshua, who are Messianic Jews. A lot of believers in God, the, the true God, the one God of Israel. Um, a lot of even whatever you call yourself, a lot of people believe on the surface. They want a genie God. They want to just be surface level faith and that's it. Just show up for me in the way I need you to show up. Do what I tell you to do, God. And, and that's it. Don't don't ask me for nothing, God. Don't require of me to give anything, God. Don't ask me to go deeper, God. Don't ask me to fast, God. Don't ask me to pray for anybody, God. Don't don't ask me to give up something that I love, God. No, don't do that, God. Like don't ask anything of me, God. Just show up in a way I need you to show up, God, and that's it. Some people that go to church faithfully for years on Sunday still got a surface love relationship with God. And and, and and it's just shallow water. I showed up. I did my part this Sunday. And that's it. I went back home the same way I came in. Broken. Hurting. Aggravated. Irritated. Frustrated. Pissed off. Mouth of a sailor. Cussing people smooth out. Anger issues. Drinking problem. Gossiping problem. Drug problem. Other addictions, shopping addictions, whatever it is, sex addictions, sleeping around, adultery issues, whatever it is. And it's not to say that we don't all struggle with something. No, but God's grace was never meant for you to just keep using that excuse to keep struggling. Never once fully getting to the point of giving it to God and allowing the Holy Spirit to do a reworking, a a restructuring of your heart and your mind to transform it so that you will not think and act and be the way you were anymore. God never meant for you to keep using it as an excuse to keep sinning. No. And so this is why I said a lot of people I'm finding more and more have surface level faith. Have shallow water faith. And don't care to go deep. They only want to stay in the kiddie pool. This is good. But think about it. Especially as an adult. Now if you're now kids of course won't be on this podcast. So I'm talking to grown folk here. And again. I, and I taught a message really quickly. For people who. Um, are not familiar. When I say grown folk. I, I taught a message in season earlier in this season 3. Called um. Grown folk versus the spiritually mature. Because spiritually mature people are going to dive deeper with their faith. They don't want the shallow pool, kiddie pool water. They don't want that. They want deep faith. 
But there are many people out there that, that say they're grown. Uh-huh, because they're they over 21. They've aged another year. I mean, there's even some people that say they're 18 and they're grown. So they aged another year and they feel like they're grown. Well, I pay bills and I got my own house. I got my own car, so I'm grown. Okay. You've, you've aged, so you've grown up from a kid, from a baby, but you're not spiritually mature. I don't care how much you go to church. You're not spiritually mature. This is not calling anybody out. This is just calling a spade a spade. I'm realizing more and more that there are a lot of people in the church that are grown people and still have shallow pool faith. And yet, if you think about a pool, so that's about bodies of water. I saw on this message a little bit before when I, when I broke down a, riv, a reservoir, a stream, and a river. When we think about bodies of water as, an, as a grown folk, grown people. Now, come on. Can you really be cooled off at the same time if you get yourself, your grown self, into a puddle of water? If you stick your grown self into a kiddie pool, a kiddie pool is a pool that is only for kids ages five and under. Now, you over 18, can you really stick your grown body in that kiddie pool and think that every part of your body from the, the, the crown of your head to the sole of your feet can be completely cooled off at the same time i don't mean well you took a bucket and dumped it over your head and so okay naku i'm somewhat no this is the difference because you look ridiculous if you were to sit or even stand in a kiddie pool and you over 18 because it's only watering your feet <laughs> barely your ankles however if you take yourself to a river, to an ocean, to even a Olympic-sized pool that has the deep section, as they say, the majority of us that are under seven feet tall will get into that deep side pool and our heads will be covered by the water. Therefore, from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet, we are wet at the same time. If you seven foot and over, you got to find a deeper pool <laughs> or, you know, go into the ocean and go into the deep part. And then you'll find that your entire body, crown of your head, sole of your feet is covered with water. The water is Jesus. In John chapter four, he tells the Samaritan woman that. From him flows living water. He wants to cover you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. But many people don't want that. Mm -mm. Because just like a body of water, when you are deep in the water where it's covering the crown of your head, meaning every ounce of your hair, everything is in the water to the soles of your feet. That also means that water is getting in everywhere. Water is getting into your ears. It, it's getting a little bit into your nose. Um, 
it, it's getting even through your bathing suit to your private parts. I mean, the water is getting everywhere. It's saturating your entire body. This is how God wants to be with us. But many times people don't want that word to get inside. They don't want that word to touch their hair. Mm -mm, I just paid to get my hair done. Don't. Mm -mm. No, I just got my fresh cut. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get my hair wet. And God is saying, but if you let me cut deeper, the water I bring to you will not only soothe you, nourish you, cover you, protect you, prune and purify things out of you that need to get out of you. There is no cleaner water than the water that comes from the living father. But many people are not ready to give up things. They're not ready to let go of some things. They're not ready to, to let God truly come in and change and rearrange all of the areas of their life. And so people have shallow faith. You got this, this surface level faith that says, okay, God, just sprinkle me with a little bit of water like I would in a kiddie pool. Just pour a little bucket over me. I'm good. And that's it. But the minute I get out, the minute I start walking, I dry off. And now I'm back to being dry again. And how many of you out there are experiencing that in your life? Where you're just as dry as the heat on a desert sunny day. With no rain cloud in sight. How many of you out there may have just had a sip of water and now you're thirsty again? God says, I want my children to dive deeper into me. That deepness goes beyond what you do on Sunday morning or Saturday morning. Depending on what, what time your church or synagogue or temple has their service. That, that, that deep dive goes beyond more than just what well, I said a prayer this morning when I woke up and that was it. And yes, that's great. That is an amazing way to start your day. But where's God in the rest of your day? If you, you invited him in the morning and that's amazing. Yes. And you ask God to show up even if you pray and say, okay, God be with me for the rest of the day. And so he's with you for the rest of the day. But there's times in the day, if you pay attention where God may show up in a way that may not be comfortable for you. I'll give you an example. Um, recently, I was out and I was in a situation where um, somebody said something to me that was offendable. And um, I had an opportunity to clap back. Absolutely. You know, even the person even welcomed it in a sense of my clap back. And I got my mouth good and ready because that's the old me piping up. <laughs> that's that flesh. That that flesh barks real loud. It's, it's real quick to, to start barking like a dog when you walk by and, and you're a stranger. It's real quick to start barking. I had a neighborhood dog real quick. And so it's ready to clap back. And God said, hush your mouth. I am your vindicator. And vengeance will be mine. Say nothing. And it was like, ooh, but God, I mean, come on, Jesus, just, just, I mean, but they asking for it, God. And God said, y'all know, uh-huh, be quiet. Hold on to my joy. Hold on to my peace. 
Let me fight your battle. Be quiet. And so I had to eat my words, basically. I had to swallow my pride, eat my words, and let that person walk away thinking they got the best of me. And the reason why I say it that way is because many times we think that way. Because society teaches that, that teaches us that. They it teaches us that if you don't clap back, then that person thinks they got the best of you. But God says the meek shall inherit the earth in Matthew chapter 5. It's part of beatitude, it's a promise from God. That means if you are quiet, when God says be quiet, you will inherit the earth. I don't need you to clap back. I can clap back better than you can clap back. And I mean the I am, God Almighty, can clap back louder than you can clap back. You just got to be quiet. And the clap back may be immediate. That's that's like the prayer. It may be immediate or it may be delayed. But it's still in God's timing, not our own. And a lot of times God may deal with that person behind closed doors. Meaning we may not see God dealing with that person. Hello somebody. I know sometimes we want to see it happen. But we may not see it happen. But to not get you know too lost on a tangent of this particular example. Um, you know I had a choice to dive deeper with God in that moment. Or to clap back and, and grant it. The person asked for it. I'd have felt, you know, you know, prideful about it. I'd have felt good about it because I got my last word. I said what I needed to say. I'd have, yeah. But you know what? I had a joyous day. Not not happy moment. Cause that's what would happen if I would have if I would have clapped back. I'd have felt good in that moment. But how would the rest of my day have went? I can be honest with you, just because I have um, have a deeper relationship with the father. The rest of my day wouldn't have went the way it it would the way it did because it would have been bothering me. The Holy Spirit would have convicted me that you said this, you you did this, you 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 went off in anger. You let your flesh speak. I talked before on the importance of Galatians five what I call the inner armor starting at the 19th verse which breaks down acts of the flesh versus fruits of the spirit which um, picks up in um, verse 22 and 23 understanding that anger clapping back um, crude remarks all of that is acts of the flesh that's that's the enemy that's not God but God says my spirit gives you self-control It gives you the ability to, in this moment, when you want to clap back, you hear me saying to you, whispering to you to be quiet and you be quiet. You control your mouth. You control your tongue to not speak. Even if somebody's asking you to speak to be quiet, it's a power move from God that says, be quiet, say nothing back. I got that. I'm going to handle it. You be quiet and say nothing. And so because I did that in that particular time, I had a joyous day. I was able to stay in God's perfect peace and his joy because I was obedient to dive deeper with him in that moment. And so you may say, well, how did you dive deeper in that moment when you were frustrated and at what that person said that offended you? Well, I'm going to tell you, God put a, the Holy Spirit. I heard him singing a song to me in my in my heart. And it was a song that was a very simple song about joy. And and the lyrics talk about like unspeakable, unthinkable joy. And and I was like, 
I don't really want to hear that right now, God, because I'm not feeling joyful. And what I was missing was the, the scripture that says the joy of the Lord is my strength. I was missing that part of what the Holy Spirit was trying to say to me through that song of joy. Receive my joy. Receive my strength. And so what God then had me do or rather what I already knew to do because I've spent many, many times with God in the deep was I put on some music and I listened to. To not only that particular song of joy. I think it's it's um, Joy by Voices of Fire or something like that. Uh, for people that's like, what's the name of that song? I think it's called Joy by Voices of Fire. Um, and so I listened to that song. But then I also listened to a song called Why Not Me by Tasha Page Lockhart. And in that song, it talks about why not me? I'm the perfect person to go through the storm it won't break me it won't kill me i'll move on i'll come out even better than before and i'll never see this place anymore because my faith is getting stronger every day you got to get to the point where in a moment like that where somebody is trying to offend you somebody says something that upset you or hurt you or or does something to you that you may want to clap back at that you're able to go into the deep with God in that moment not with that person it's very easy for our flesh to scrap deep with somebody but God says can you dive deep in me can you go deeper with me and so that's what I did y'all I went deep with God in that moment I had a moment of private worship and 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 I thank God that I was able to go to the Father and I had a joyous day. Unspeakable, unthinkable, unmovable joy because it was rooted in the Father. And so go with me to this scripture, Jeremiah chapter 2. And I want to um, read this scripture to you. I'm reading from the message version this time because God told me to. Um, and I want you to listen to the scripture. But before I go to that, let me read you this. Proverbs 13 verse 14 says, The instructions of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. Understand, understand Excuse me, that the scripture is not just talking about death in terms of the body it's just like a spiritual death because there are things that we can do that causes spiritual death spiritual blindness spiritual immaturity there are things that the enemy will bring up against us to cause us to have a fallout with god and god never wants us to have that fallout but when we give into our flesh, go read. I'm not going to read Galatians 5 today, but please go read Galatians 5, starting the 19th verse in whatever translation you want to read it in. When you have a moment where you're acting in your flesh, it's falling out of the spirit in that moment because you're allowing your flesh to speak louder than the spirit. And God never wants us to be that way. He always wants us to get it right. The entire Bible is a manual, a, a manuscript, 
if you will, from God, God's love letters to us of saying, I want you to get it right. Even in the times where I am disciplining you or for those of you that may view it as punishment, God says, I'm not punishing you to punish you just because just I want to see you punished. It's because I want to see you suffer. Just want just because I want to see you go through some bad trials and tribulations. No, I am allowing you to go through this process because I'm trying to purify something out of you. There are some things that's in you that's not like Jesus. It's your flesh. Your flesh can no longer go with you any further in this season. And you guys got to listen to what I'm saying in the spirit. I don't mean cut off your physical flesh. I mean that there are things, like I said, anger. It's a whole list in um, Galatians chapter 5. Anger, crude talk, wild partying, sex, um, impurity. Like it, there's so many things on that list that breaks down gossip. That's that's fleshly things that's sinful to God that and he says, I don't want that for you. Worshiping false idols, false deities going around saying you believe in God, but yet you have adopted other other false deities, other religious beliefs. And so you're believing in Jesus, but you're sitting here praying to crystals. You're believing in Jesus, but you're sitting here cutting your skin and you're and you're burning your, your people and you're doing all this crazy nonsense, you know, building up statues and idols and worshiping the idols and 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 giving fruit offerings to the idols. And, what, and God says, that's not me. And I never called you to do that. And I know for people out there that may say, well, I read the Bible and the Bible say that, you know, God said that when you sin to do a burnt offering, that was in the old covenant. But when Jesus came, he came to give us a new covenant. He was the sacrificial lamb. Therefore, you don't have to sacrifice any more animals to God. You got to sacrifice yourself to God. And it doesn't mean to go kill yourself. That means that the areas of your life that are not like God, the areas that are coming up throughout this entire message where God's the first thing that pops in your mind, for instance, and you're wondering, like, I wonder if God talked me about that problem. Yep. It's that problem right there. That's the problem where God says, I need you to get rid of that. That is shallow. And I need you to come into the deep with me so that I can entrench you and drench you with my word and my water and purify that out of you because that will no longer serve you in this new season. God wants to take you into some of you are like, man, I've been in the wilderness for a long time now and it seems long and only God can tell you when the time is up for your season. When it's time for your season to change. But he has you going through that process for a reason. And you got to ask God. What are you trying to purify out of me in this season? And then do the work. Many people don't want to do the work. Understand something. This is a practical example. I give you guys practical examples for spiritual principles. A practical example is this. If you dive into the deep waters of a Olympic sized pool. If you dive into or not dive rather, if you swim into or, or or let's just say want to walk into to experience the deep parts of the ocean, it's going to take work. You're on dry land right now. If you're thinking about the ocean and you want to go to the deep part of the ocean, it's going to take not just the thought of it. 
the the thinking is not going to be like a genie and you going to magically or a, a, a fairy godfather or godmother going to come down and just wave their wand and magically take you there. It's going to take work for you to get into transportation to get you to where the ocean is to then get uh, either walk to the deep to to at least a deeper part of the ocean from the shoreline or to get into a boat to then take that boat to the deeper parts of the ocean and then get on scuba gear. Um, unless you're a good swimmer and, and dive deep into the water and then it'll take you to swim because whether you in a pool or the ocean, if you are in a deep part of it and you do not do the work needed, you will sink and drown to the bottom. You need to swim. You got to do some work. The same thing goes for in life. When God is asking you to go to the deep and take a deep dive with him into faith, it's going to take work. Somebody I'm ministering to and, and mentoring to recently said to me, they was like, wow, I didn't realize. Um, I, I know you told me many times before, but they didn't realize until they took the, the time and took the deep dive of how much work it actually takes to get to where they want to be. How much work it actually takes to be healed and be whole and set free from the bondage of the things that they have been carrying and then things that had them shackled for, for so long. It's going to take work. If you really want to see God do something different in your life, you're going to have to show up different in your life. It's the only way. And so Jeremiah chapter 2, starting at the um, first verse, reads as such. God's message came to me. It went like this. And this is the prophet Jeremiah who has already been given his instructions to go out and be a prophet to the nations. And in this instance right now, it's the nation of Israel. And so it reads, get out in the streets and call to Jerusalem God's message. I remember your youthful loyalty, our love as newlyweds. You stay with me through the wilderness years, stuck with me through all the hard places. Israel was God's holy choice, the pick of the crop. Anyone who laid a hand on her would soon wish he hadn't. God's decree. Hear God's message, house of Jacob. Yes, you, house of Israel. God's message. What do your ancestors find fault with me, within me, that they drifted so far from me? Took up with Sir Windbag and turned into windbags themselves. It never occurred to them to say, where's God? The God who got us out of Egypt? Who took care of us through thick and thin, those rough and tumble wilderness years of parched deserts and death valleys, a land that no one who enters comes out of, a cruel and hospitable land? I brought you to a garden land where you could eat lush fruit, but you barged in and polluted my land, trashed and defiled my dear land. The priest never thought to ask, where's God? The religion experts knew nothing of me. The rulers defied me. The prophets preached the false god Baal and chased empty god dreams and silly god schemes. Because of all this, I'm bringing charges against you, God's decree. Charging you and your children and your grandchildren. Look around. Have you ever seen anything quite like this? Sail to the western islands and look. Travel to the Kedar wilderness and look. Look closely. Has this ever happened before? That a nation has traded in its false gods for gods that aren't even gods to gods. 
But my people have traded my glory for empty God dreams and silly God schemes. Stand in shock, heavens, at what you see. Throw up your hands in disbelief. This can't be God's decree. My people have committed a compound sin. They've walked out on me, the fountain of fresh flowing waters, and then dug cisterns. Cisterns that leak. Cisterns that are no better than sieves. I'm going to pause right here. What God is saying in this message is, I was your God. I was the one who has brought you out of things that you've been through in the past. I was the one who has kept you thus far. I was the one that woke you up this morning. I was the one that took care of your ancestors. I was the one who who gave you the riches you have, who gave you opportunities that you have, who gave you the car and the houses and the whatever, the marriage that you have. I was the one who gave you the children that you have. And yet you have now gotten to a point where you stop believing in me. Will you stop trusting in me? Were you sitting here believing in these false teachings of these false deities and these false gods where you have now adopted the ways of the world and not me? You have turned your back on me. I'm the one who have given you flowing water and yet you want to hoard it all for yourself. I'm, I'm the one that's giving you blessings and, and instead of storing it so that you could pour it out into others, you want to just dig a hole in the ground basically and save it for yourself. Not even realizing that the hole you dug got holes in it. This is what God is saying today. He wants us to dive deeper with him, but so many people only want to stay in the shallow and the shallow is where anything can happen. And the shallow is where you're, you're partially wet, but also very much dry. And the shallow is where you got one part in the water and the rest of the part in the in the earth. The rest, and what I mean by that is again, think of the the envision, if you will, as I am standing in a kiddie pool of water. So again, your feet is in the water, but the rest of your body is in the elements. The rest of your body is not getting wet. That's how many people in the faith are. Many people who claim to believe, who say they know God, really know of God, but don't really know God. Don't really know Jesus. You just know of Jesus. You just know of his spirit. But you don't really know him because you got one foot in and one foot out. One foot in. I show up on Sunday. I read your word every now and then. I pray a prayer in the morning. You know, I, I ask you, God, to, to show up when I'm in trouble. And that's it. But the rest of my life is out in the world. The rest of my life resembles and looks like and smells like the rest of the world. And God is saying today, no, baby, no, please dive deeper in me. Dive deeper in God. Let him change, rearrange, transform and purify you in your heart so that your mind can be changed, rearranged and, and renewed and revived in Christ Jesus. He wants you to know who he is for yourself so that you will no longer look like the world, which you were never meant to be a part of. You are meant to be in the world, not of the world, but so many believers out here are of the world and in the world. And, and, and the only time you think about God is when you say, oh, I'm in trouble or I think I'm about to die or, or I know when I'm going to die, I'm going to go to heaven. And, and that's the only time God comes out your mouth. But nobody can see God in your heart. 
We're meant to be salt and light in the earth. And yet when you walk into a room, nobody sees God through you. You look like everybody else. You sound like everybody else. You smell like everybody else. You taste like everybody else. You're not even salty anymore. Because you're just flavored like everybody else. Where's the difference? This is what God is saying through this word. Continue on to verse 14 of Jeremiah chapter 2. Isn't Israel a value servant born into a family with place and position? Pause. This is so God is, is saying yes to his children, Israel, but he's also saying to his chosen ones. Because remember, when Jesus came, he came to save the world. That meant the Jews and the Gentiles alike. That meant the, the believers and the non-believers alike. So this is so when I read this message, because now we have a new covenant. This is not just for the, the Israelites of today. God is also saying to you that weren't born Israel, you know, um, an Israeli, but were born whatever um, country you were born from, whatever denomination you are. Uh, I mean, not denomination, excuse me, um, ethnic background you are. God is saying today, I'm calling you. I've chosen you to be a valued servant because I value you. And you are meant to serve me. That means you're meant to serve God. You are born into a family with place and position. God is a king. Therefore, you are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You are a king's child. You were born into a family with place and position. This is God asking the question through Jeremiah to his people. Therefore, God's asking the question through me, his servant, to you, the people. Weren't you born into a family with place and position? Weren't you my value servant at one point in time? Continuing on in the verse. So how did she end up a piece of meat found over Fought over by snarling and roaring lions. That means fought over by the enemy. There's nothing left of her but a few old bones. Her towns trashed and deserted. Egyptians from the cities of Memphis and Tampanese have broken your skulls. And why do you think all this has happened? Isn't it because you walked out on your God? Just as he was beginning to lead you in the right way? And now, what do you think you'll get by going off to Egypt? Maybe a cool drink of Nile River water? Or what do you think you'll get by going off to Assyria? Maybe a long drink of Euphrates River water? Your evil ways will get you a sound thrashing. That's what you'll get. You'll pay dearly for your disloyal ways. Take a long, hard look at what you've done and its bitter results. Was it worth it to have walked out on your God? God's decree, master God of the angel armies. What this passage is saying is that is it worth you having a shallow pool of faith of water or you walking away from God completely to serve other false gods, to serve this world in the way this world is? Is it worth it? Are you really believing that things are better in this world so you should serve the masters of this world? Are you really believing that your thirst will be quenched by the money in your bank, by the stuff that you have? Do you really think? Have you really? What I'm basically saying, what people are not real, realizing, maybe some of you, you have idolized these things over God. And God is saying to you today, do you really think? 
that these idols are better than God. He is the source. And you're really putting these things above the source. Why? Why not dive deeper into the faith of the one true God of Israel? Why not dive deeper and say to God today, God, show me the areas of my heart that need to be changed. Purify those ways in me, God, so that I may be more like you. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Lord, be my strength and my redeemer. God, please change me, transform me, rearrange and revive the real me. God, I want to get to the true authentic version of me. The me that was there before you formed me in my mother's womb. The the me that you always created me to be. God, get me back to that place. But Lord, help me dive deeper because I'm afraid. This needs to be some of y'all prayer today. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Say it out loud. Yes, Lord. What she just prayed. Let that be my prayer, God. Help me, Holy Spirit. To dive deeper with you so that I may see Jesus. I may experience Jesus. Not just know of Jesus, but I know Jesus for myself. Help me to know you, Lord, more than the things you can do for me. Help me to know you, Lord, outside of being the genie of my faith. Take the genie part out of it, Lord, so that I can truly know who you are. So that way, whether the good or the bad comes my way, I can be planted and and flat-footed in the firm foundation of my faith. So that even at times where I am offended by something, where somebody comes to do something against me, God, I don't got to clap back. Because I'm deep in you, Jesus. I can hold on and know that God, you are my vindicator. And so I, there are certain battles I don't even have to bother fighting. Not, especially not in the way that people want me to fight them. But I could fight in prayer and know that you got it, God. Help me to get back to you, God. I want to dive deeper. I'm ready, God. This message may not be for everybody, but it's out there for somebody who needs to dive deeper with the father. You recognize in your life, it's been a little shallow. Maybe there was a point where you once was a deep sea diver with Jesus, but you got out. You got away from it. You went to the kiddie pool, but you realize you're drying out now. Your, your, your skin, your clothes getting a little dry. And you're getting a little parched. So you're like, mm, let me... I got to get back deep. I got to get, you know, entrenched in some water. Because notice that when you are in the deep part of the pool, you, you stay wet. When you in the deep part of the ocean or even when you just walk past the shoreline and you and you stay in the waves, you stay wet. But the minute you come out and get back on that shoreline, you start drying off. God says, I never meant for my children to get out the water. I want you to stay in the water because the water is God. Therefore, he can go where you go. It's, he's better than a mobile phone a mobile phone excuse me <laughs> he's better than your best mobile plan he can go where you can go and you will never lose service you will never lose signal because he's right there with you it don't matter the deepest cave you go God right there with you 
It don't matter the, the most deepest part of the forest. God right there with you. It don't matter how high you go on the mountaintop. God is right there with you. That's what it means to dive deeper in the waters of the Father. It means that you never get dry. You never are away from him. There's never no parchness in your life because he's always right there. Let me continue on in verse 20 um, of Jeremiah chapter 2. A long time ago, you broke out of the harness. You shook off all restraints. You said, I will not serve. And off you went, visiting every sex and religion shrine on the way, like a common whore. You were a select vine when I planted you from completely reliable stock. And look how you've turned out. A tangled, a rancid growth, a poor excuse for a vine. Scrub using the strongest soaps. Scour your skin raw. The sin grease won't come out. I can't stand to even look at you. God's decree, the master's decree. This is saying this is God speaking. How dare you tell me I'm not staying by sin. I've never chased after the false gods, Baal, sex gods. Well, look at the tracks you've left behind in the valley. How do you account for what is written in the desert dust? Tracks of a camel in heat running this way and that. Tracks of a wild donkey in rut sniffling the wind for the slightest scent of sex. Who could possibly corral her on the hunt for sex, sex, and more sex? Insatiable, indiscriminate, promiscuous. Slow down. Take a deep breath. What's the hurry? Why wear yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? But you say, I can't help it. I'm addicted to the alien gods, the false gods. I can't quit. I'm going to stop right here. What this is saying is that you're, you're thirsting for the things of this world. So this is for people dealing with sex. Then yeah, God talks to you about sex. But for some of y'all, your, your, your issue may not be sex. Your issue may be you want that money. You want that craving. So you you keep, you keep that go-getter. You keep working, 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 working. You don't take no rest. You don't take no break. You don't even break for the Sabbath on Saturday or, or, or for Sunday for some people. You just, there's not one day in the week that you sacrifice for just you and God. And no work. You just rest. You just work, 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 work. Every single day and night. You, you go after that money. You, you say that stupid line they say in culture of I rest when I'm dead. And God is saying you don't even realize you're spiritually dead already, baby. Wake up. Dive deeper with God. Why are you rushing? What is your hurry? You may say, well, because we only got a short life to live. Your life will end when God says it's time to end. And it normally is when you've already fulfilled your purpose is when God calls you home. And so you don't have to worry about, oh, I got to go get it. I got to um, get it right now. Right now. I can't wait. I can't slow down. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. It got to be done right now. If God is telling you to rest, hold on, slow down, be slow. Take, take a breath. What's the hurry? He's saying, I want to walk with you. But you won't let me walk with you. You want to walk ahead of God. And then when you get in a mess in a rut. Then say God where you at. But he says I've been right here trying to walk by your side. But it's not for you to get ahead of me. Like a parent with a child. Anybody has ever, ever had young children. Or maybe you babysit young children before. Or maybe you were a teacher or something. You know that a young child. 
um, I want to say five and under, um, especially a toddler when they just start walking, they want to dart out in the streets and, and run it and they don't be free. But when you're walking, whether it be in a store or down the street or in your neighborhood, whatever, or at a park, you know that there are certain instances where you can't just let the child run free. You got to hold on to that child's hand. And when, they, when you hold on to that child's hand, it means that the child is walking side by side with you. They can't walk ahead of you while you hold their hand because eventually the hand's going to let go. They have to walk side by side at the same pace that you're walking. That's how God wants to walk with us. But you got to go deeper with him in order to let him walk with you. You got to get yourself completely wet. Immerse yourself in the Father. Don't just get your ankles wet. Get completely wet. Let me continue on in verse 26. Just as a thief is chagrined, but only when caught. So the people of Israel are chagrined. Caught along with their kings and princes, their priests and prophets. They walk up to a tree and say, my father. They pick up a stone and say, my mother, you bore me. All I ever see of them is their backsides. They never look me in the face. This is God saying you, you walk up to everything else and worship and idolize everything else. But you never turn your head up to me. You never seek my face. You seek the face of everything and everyone else but God. But when things go badly, they don't hesitate to come running, calling out, get a move on, save us, God. Why not go to your handcrafted God you're so fond of? This is God saying, why not go back to the idols you've been worshiping? Why not go back to your false gods you've been praying to and bowing to and, and offering up fruit and whatnot to and, and, and praying with crystals and stuff? Why not go back to that? Don't come to me now. You're in trouble. Why you ain't going to the, the, the what you've been worshiping this entire time that you thought was blessing you, but it was actually God blessing you. Why not go back there now? Rouse them. Let them save you from your bad times. You got more gods, Judah. Then you know what to do with. And we see that now today. So many idols, so many celebrities, some people that people worship and, 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 and bow down to. So many false deities out here, false gods out here that people bow down to. False teachings that people bow down to. You got more gods that you know what to do with. Continuing in verse uh, 29. What do you have against me running off to assert your independence? This is God asking. What do you have against him? I've wasted my time trying to train your children. They pay no attention to me. Ignore my discipline. And you've gotten rid of your God messengers. This is your prophets. Treating them like dirt and sweeping them away. What a generation you turn out to be. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I warn you? Have I let you down, Israel? Am I nothing but a dead end street? Why do my people say good riddance? From now on, we're on our own. Young women don't forget their jewelry, do they? Brides don't show without their veils, do they? But my people forget me. Day after day, they never give me a thought. What an impressive start you made to get the most out of life. 
You founded schools of sin, taught graduate courses in evil, and now you're sending out graduates resplendent in cap and gown, except the gowns are stained with the blood of your victims. All the blood convicts you. You cut and hurt a lot of people to get where you are. And yet you have the nerve to say, I've done nothing wrong. God doesn't mind. He hasn't punished me, has he? Don't look now, but judgments on the way. Aimed at you who say, I've done nothing wrong. You think it's just a small thing, don't you? To try out another sin project when the first one fails. But Egypt will leave you in the lurch the same way that Assyria did. You're going to walk away from there, wringing your hands. I, God, have backlisted, blacklisted those you trusted. You'll not get a lick of them, of help from them. Continuing on in Jeremiah chapter 3. God's message came to me as follows. If a man's wife walks out on him and marries another man... Can he take her back as if nothing had happened? Wouldn't that raise a huge stink in the land? And isn't that what you've done? Hoard your way with God after God? And now you want to come back as if nothing had happened. God's decree. Look around at the hills. Where have you not had sex? You've camped out like hunters stalking deer. You've solicited many lover gods. False gods like a street walking whore chasing after other gods. And so the rain has stopped. No more rain from the skies. But it doesn't even phase you. Brazen as whores, you carry on as if you've done nothing wrong. Then you have the nerve to call out, My father, you took care of me when I was a child, God. Why not now? Are you going to keep up your anger nonstop? That's your line. Meanwhile, you keep sinning nonstop. I'll pause right here God is saying today I want you to dive deeper in me and allow me to immerse you in my water allow me to immerse you in my ways but it cannot be the way the world is you cannot keep going in the way the world is and think that God's okay with it God's saying no you want change some of you are surface believers you want change you desire it let's be honest but you don't want to give up anything you don't want to work for it you just think that because you think of the ocean is meant to just be brought to you. And you don't want to go after it. You don't want to do any work to get to You don't want to swim out to it. And so you think that, like, because of the movies we see, bippy boppity boop, uh, 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 a wine going to be waved in your way. And then it's going to happen, poof, like that. And God's saying, no. Faith without works is dead. You've got to do some work. You got to work out your own salvation each and every day. I don't care how many times you go to church on Sunday morning. The pastor, the bishop, the priest, the pope, whatever, cannot work out your salvation for you. They cannot save you. Our job is to plant a seed. Maybe even water a seed that was already planted in your heart by somebody else. But it's the Holy Spirit that makes it grow. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Go read it. But it is your job to tap in with the Father, to go deeper in the Father so that He can immerse you in Him, in His ways, therefore purifying out of you. Just like when you wash up with water, purifying, cleansing out of you the things that are of this world, the things that are not of 
God. And if you want to know what that list is, if you just want a short list and you don't feel like reading the entire Bible, I strongly encourage you to take time out every day to read your Bible so that you can get to the full totality of reading the whole Bible and then read it again. (laughs) But go read Galatians chapter 5. God breaks it down of what acts of the flesh are versus fruits of the spirit. He wants you to be fruitful and multiply, but be fruitful first and foremost before you can multiply. Don't just be out here saying, well, I did this. I did that. I birthed this. I birthed that. I I, I established this business. I did that. I worked at this job for that long. I did that. And that's it. And think that that's enough for God. No. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. But it is according to the power that works in you. You got to do the work. And so I hear God saying, wrap it up. I had more scripture I wanted to get to, but I'm going to be obedient. I pray that this message stirred your faith, gave something to think about. And I pray that it um, planted seeds in your heart. May it fall on good ground, produce good fruit in your lives. Those of you that this message is for, please do not feel condemned in any way because God is not condemning you. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But you will feel a prick in your heart. You will feel a bit of conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit that is saying that the things that came to your mind during this message, he wants to work on those areas. And we all have areas that God wants to work on us with. Anybody that says that they don't have anything that God works on, that God wants to work on them with, or that that they need help with like like i just read in the word you're lying to yourself because god says there are areas in your heart you need to work on there's there's areas in your mind there's ways you think that god says i need to work on those ways there's the there's words you speak that in the words as we learned from in the bible flows from your heart there's words you speak that are not of god that are not Um, being fruitful in any way shape or form that are not good fruit for anybody to consume at all and God says I'm trying to work on that area would you give me your tongue would you give me your heart to transform the words that are in your heart so that what flows from your heart is purity and our words of living water that people can consume and drink and their thirst can be quenched will you let God take you deeper in your faith this is my prayer for you guys. Just like Jeremiah petitioned to the children of Israel at that time, I am petitioning you to please let God do a deep dive work in your heart and do the work yourself. Dive deep with him. Swim deeper and deeper and deeper. The Mariana Trench is deep, baby. I don't have the numbers in front of me of how deep the Mariana Trench is, but it's deep. And there are many animals in the ocean to this day that scientists have not even been able to classify just yet. They haven't even stumbled upon how many species are in the ocean. That's because that means in the spirit realm that what I'm saying to you is that there's so much deepness. There's so much enlightenment there's so much revelation that god wants to give you but it requires you and me to dive deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper never getting out of the water but staying deep and doing the work that god tells us to do this is my prayer in jesus name have a great day guys god bless you bye now